to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I am Jeff. Jake. Okay. We're still doing that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I was going, I was trying to see how long it would take you to re- to acknowledge that I wasn't saying I, mean, I, I am Jake. edit it, so I always... You hear it. Yeah. But yeah. then last week I was like, I am Jeff. So you saying Jake. Like that was just fitting. Okay. <sighs> How are you? I'm good. Yeah. 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 We just talked a bunch before <laughs> we started recording, so I know where you're really at. But I mean, besides, so this weekend you went and saw the Orioles. No, not even this weekend. Yesterday. Yesterday, I took wow, the day, I took that's the day a off weekday. Wor- took the day off work. Um, How many games they play? Uh, they play a three game series. So they played. They played last night, tonight, and then tomorrow afternoon. Okay. Playing the Mariners, mm-hmm. who just had a big brawl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a bu- like, I think like something eight players got suspended from yeah, that. Yeah, I saw and that. All, the, like four of the best Mariner players all who got won? suspended. The, uh, the game you went to? Uh, Orioles. Oh, okay. But all of the players that were suspended played because they appealed so they can play appealing, uh, while their oh. suspension is appealed, <laughs> which it, it didn't matter. The Orioles, the Orioles went up. Um the Orioles went up early and like it was never even close. Okay, so okay. I was really excited because the starting pitcher was um, it hot. Uh, thankfully, um, wasn't too bad. Okay, Seattle because of the right next to the Puget yeah. Sound, it kept it pretty. It kept okay. it cooler. Okay, it only peaked at about ninety. Mm, that's um, not bad. So, dude, that's like a perfect like. Who cares about baseball? But perfect like outdoor sport. Yeah, events. and the nice thing about the third, <laughs> like, so I bought tickets on the visitor side because I'm an Orioles fan. So I bought tickets down near the Oriole dugout, mm-hmm. and it was cool being that close to the players, yeah. even though none of them pay attention to a 31 year old guy screaming their name. They only like, they can only be, be bothered to obligate. Like they have the, ob- almost the obligation to acknowledge, acknowledge kids. Yeah. But the 31 year old guy going Adley, Adley, <laughs> Adley Rutschman. You know what they, you they, need they're not gonna is a 35 year old man to go with you. <laughs> but, hey bro. Well, and then you gotta change the register. <laughs> be like what? Be like, gotcha. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had a since he's from the Pacific Northwest. He played Oregon State. His whole family is from here. Um, he had a lot of what looked like ex, like friends from college or oh, wow. ex coaches because. He, when he was walking around the dugout prior to the game, because I got there early to watch batting practice, yeah. he was getting stopped. He was like, not just doing like the whole signing thing. It was legitimate, Talking. like like knuck, like dabbing oh, up wow. dudes and like hugging people and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So That's the, he cool. had he had a lot of family there. It was yeah. cool. That was the, his first major league game where his grandparents got to watch him. He was two for four, had a home run. Oh wow! Uh, had had the first R, hit the first RBI of the game. So what does that mean? Uh, run batted in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool. Uh, he's a rookie this year. So it's, oh, okay. Um, it's went to OSU. You said mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. The Orioles have been trash um, for years now because mm-hmm. they completely tore it down. They've been rebuilding it back up in their farm system, and like now they're they've kind of turned a corner. They're playing better baseball. Okay. Uh, this is their first winning month since two thousand August of two thousand seventeen. Okay, so they've been bad for a long time. Yeah. so it's cool to they secured that last they secured the first winning month since two thousand seventeen last night at last night's game. Mm, that's fun. So it was kind of added a little bit of extra pressure. Yeah, um, the starting pitcher because. Um, uh, baseball starting pitchers only pitch once every five days, and they have. Um, they do they alternate? Yeah, okay. so it's it's a rotation of starters, okay. and so that's wild. You don't really know like in, until probably a week or two weeks before who's going to be pitching at that game. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Like the last time I went up and watched the Orioles, we got like their number five pitcher, and he mm-hmm. got rocked, and the game was over by like. Oh, I th- that's it, w- it was like five nil in the second. Do they ever w- have guys go back to back? No, starters can't do it. Oh, uh, you're you would throw out your arm really, really fast. I mean, yeah. in the past, did they do that? Not back to back. Okay, but guys definitely threw a lot more, more than, than they, they do yeah. than they didn't then. But the base, the type of throws that pitchers threw back in the day mm-hmm. were nowhere near as hard on your arm as they are today because of all of the off-speed stuff yeah. that they throw the sliders the curveballs the change-ups there's so much whip yeah. in your elbow to that um that Ugh. it's just yeah they can't how you long just do they can't. play 
pitchers? Um, like careers. It it can, it really depends. Like good ones, like Verlander, Justin Verlander, who's won multiple Cy Youngs. He's kind of re- resurrected his career. He's mid thirties, but that's not the that's not the that's the exception. That's not the norm, yeah. For today's game. But yeah. how many years is that? So I mean, you start <laughs> pitching when you're in what high school? Okay. So oh wow, but like fifteen years. Yeah. So baseball is weird. Like you get drafted and nobody goes right to the show. There's like only been recent, like in recent memory, I think the only guy who basically went draft to big leagues yeah was bryce harper a, a, okay. a hitter most of the time you go you spend one or two seasons if you're a high draft pick and you start and you're smashing in the farm system uh you get called up pretty quickly but a lot of guys will start at single a yeah um, for a season or half season then they go to double a triple a and then they get okay. called up to the show so like some guys aren't rookies and technically rookies in the big leagues until they're 25, 26. Oh, wow. Okay. Are they, they're not, are they, what does the pay look like when you're down below? Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Most of those guys make minimum wage or technically less because they, they're like salaried. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing. Like that was one of the big, big things in the most recent, because baseball got started on a, got started late this season because of a lockout that's right i did and, hear that uh and a lot of that a lot of the haggle was minor league pay mm. making sure those guys at least had like health care and um that makes sense. Like a livable way yeah <laughs> dang because i've had some calls from people at work and they're like oh yeah i play for uh the washington nationals and I'm like looking them up. That's just a random mm-hmm. team. And I'm looking them up, and it's like, no, you don't. But they might have been drafted by the mm-hmm. Nationals. But I, now I'm understanding the farm system. Yes, yeah. it's clarifying mm-hmm. like why I'm like you liar. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're not lying. They're just yeah. playing for the okay. Yeah, because okay. each each MLB franchise will have at least four farm clubs. Oh, geez, they'll have high A, low A. Oh my um, God! Some teams will have like uh, the Hillsborough Hops are short are short A, so they're like a short season A club. Okay. So yeah, you I mean you or then you've got double A. Some teams will have multiple double A teams. Some will have triple like, and then they have like How, the where does all a. this money come from? The owners. Jeez, dude, there's a lot of money in baseball. It's a lot of yeah. Do their if, players get paid you, a lot? Yeah, so like the top end guys like Manny Machado who was an Oriole for a long time, MVP kind of guy. They traded him to the Dodgers, and then he went and signed his big payday mm-hmm. with the San Diego Padres, and they paid him. It was an eight-year contract for $345 million. Okay, eight years? Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Yeah. Wow. MLB contracts, there's no salary cap in MLB. Oh. So you can sign, you can, yeah, you can pay. You Holy can pay. crap. But you make shit for the first five six years of your career because right that's there's, what you're saying because you're in you don't your big league contract mm-hmm. doesn't start until you've played a full accounted full season in the mlb okay so like they can call you up and you can play some in the majors and then they just keep optioning you back to the minors okay so you may not even be eligible to make your big league contract until you're 25 26 that sounds miserable yeah it's a no it's offense. a it's a rough life for those yeah. guys it's definitely not as straightforward pay as the, as the nba in terms of players, yeah, like I know we've talked about, like they don't post playing. The NBA doesn't need to do a better job of taking care of right. their players, but there's not a league that pays their players better and more consistently than the NBA. Like from the start, yeah, yeah. Those guys make pretty good money from the beginning, yeah. Like on those rookie contracts, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Uh, what else have you been doing since Tuesday? Was it Tuesday we recorded Wednesday? I think we Wednesday? recorded Wednesday. What did you do week? this weekend? What did I do this week? <laughs> what was that? Oh, I mean, just tried to escape the heat. Yeah. It was fucking awful. I was out in it. Give Where me that heat, dude. No, that was too hot. Uh, there was Jen's brother's reception, oh, wedding reception right, on yeah. Sunday. And I'm sitting in the sun and Brandon's like, dude, you're sitting in the sun. I said, yeah, dude, Mexicans are cold-blooded, man. We have to we, we heat our blood from the sun, man. And then I always make the joke that uh, I get my power from the Earth's yellow sun like Superman. Mm. So. I love it. I love the sun. Um, you were trying to dodge it, though, huh? Yeah. 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 I love it. My house doesn't have air conditioning. <gasps> Ooh. Can't you get one for a window or something? We do have a window okay. one, so like we can escape to our bedroom. Yeah. But yeah. with the dogs and everything, we just went to my parents on Sunday and hung okay. out there. Um, 
chilling, literally. Yeah. yeah. Barbecuing. Uh, my dad barbecued. Yeah, I knew he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents um, took Cheyenne for the night, Saturday night. Mm. And when we were heading out, you know, we were just going to, Jen and I were just going to hang out and barbecue. And um, he was like, hey, you guys should stop by this uh, Mexican butcher in Southeast Portland and pick up some of this marinated meat that they have. Mm. Holy shit. Really? It is the best like meat that I've ever had. Really? Clip that. <laughs> um, I'm not even joking. This is so corny. I, I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but I was eating it and I started like getting a little choked up. Oh, is that the stuff you're posting? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I started getting like a little choked up, verklempt, if you will. And Jen's, mm, Jen's like, big word. Jen's like, are you, you getting choked up over there? I was like, yeah, because. The meat was just so good. No, it reminded me of like being a kid and cooking carne asada with my dad. Oh. And like the taste and the smell. I cooked it on a charcoal grill. Mm. So like cooking the smell of the charcoal and the meat and just tasting the meat. And I was like instantly took me back to like being a six-year-old, seven-year-old and just had this sensory memory that was so vivid. Mm. And I was just like holy shit like it just took me instantly to that time and space fucking smells and tastes are weird that they do that yeah it's so weird but like it didn't get it i got bummed naturally obviously but then i also got like a little like joy out of that Mm -hmm. right yeah um but i ain't telling nobody where this place is this is my spot dude (laughs) even though my dad told me like i'm i'm going back dude Mm -hmm. i'm going back so was it like a dry rub or was it no uh, it was was like a marinade um it was a carne asada like flank like Mm. marinade Mm -hmm. and just throw it on the grill two minutes flip it over two minutes and just had it in a tortilla with some rice and beans the only thing i was missing was like some green onion Mm. but oh my god really i've never had carne asada taste that good from any restaurant any place ever really it was insane oh that makes me that that sounds so good it i i'll i'll buy some and we'll barbecue at your house or something i'll bring my barbecue over and we'll cook it because it was unreal unreal like (laughs) the whole time just cheyenne's favorite food is ribs and jen's like Man, this smashes ribs. Like, how was ribs your favorite? She's like, ribs are gross. <laughs> and, like, starts d- disparaging ribs, right? But it was it was really, really good. So we just hung out, barbecued, ate that, chilled, and then marathoned Cobra Kai, mm. the newest season. That show, you never watch it? No. Such a, like, telenovela. I think I told you this, and you're like, what is that? Telenovela? Yeah, that I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what that is. It's like a, it's a, like a... Um, like a Mexican uh, uh, soap operas is oh, what they are. Okay, gotcha. Just so dramatic, but with like kids. Mm. And like, there's this one scene that just really sticks out in my mind where this character Tori, she gets embarrassed because they the other kids find out where she's working. <laughs> Sounds so stupid already. <laughs> and she walks out. She's had a rough life. She walks out to the alleyway, and it's so brightly lit, like you could tell it's a stage. It's mm-hmm. so annoying. But she's like walking away, and one of the characters' moms, who she's beefing with, chases her down and was like, "Tori, wait, look. I know you've been through a lot." And she just whoosh, whips her head around and is like, "You don't know what I've been through." And it's just so cheesy and so. Do they they purposely make it cheesy? I think so. Okay. I think so. I mean, there's no way you're... Oh, yeah. Actually, I know so. Because there's... It, you know, it's it's expanded universe from Karate Kid, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it starts with Johnny from the first Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. He's the main character who... His life is just trash since being defeated by Daniel's son. And he wants to bring back Cobra Kai. Well, mm-hmm. that all changes eventually in the story. But there's... He creates a new dojo called Eagle... Eagle... Eagle Fang Karate. Eagle Fang. Dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> Johnny's easily the best part. Mm-hmm. He's like this 80s like douche who's like stuck in the 80s and like he doesn't use technology. He doesn't understand gender identity. Like he's just like a brute about mm-hmm. all of it. And they make they put him in these situations where he has to try to like interact with the society today that he's not used to. Like mm-hmm. he wants to drive an old muscle car. Um but he starts Eagle Fang. I bought Jesse an Eagle Fang 
karate shirt for his mm. birthday like last year or something like that. But um, there's this moment where he's training because he's going to fight Daniel again as adults, like 40, 50-year-old well, men is, adults. Uh, are- is it the same Ralph actor? Macchio, Rush, Macchio? Rough, yeah, yeah, he's Ralph in Macchio in it. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. So they're going to fight each other again. Mm-hmm. And there's this scene, just the whole training scene where Johnny's like running and he's like, there's a guy on a scooter in front of him. He gets in his way. He just throws him to the ground. <laughs> and then it cuts to him like in the ocean, like punching waves and kicking waves. It's so corny, but <laughs> it's so fun. Um, so we just finished that, the most recent season mm-hmm. of that. And I think the next season's in September, so okay. it was chill. Very chill weekend. Um, I do need to mention for our listeners and for you that Only Murders in the Building came back last night. Did you watch the first episode? I started it, and I was like, I'm too tired to finish this. I'm going to turn it off. Mm. Did you start it? No. Finish it? Martin Short's a goddamn genius, dude. I, I didn't know it started until you messaged us yesterday. Yeah. Was that yesterday or yeah. this morning? I'm watching it like a hawk, dude. Mm-hmm. It was yesterday. Um that show's so good. And Martin Short is a genius. Like, there was, like, one scene of him already within, like, the first 10 minutes. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I remember now. I love this show. I'm glad it's back. Yeah. it's And I think they just got renewed for a third season. Oh, did they? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the the boys... Um, oh, okay. ...came back for I a third season. I need to watch season. it. I need to finish it up. Season two was really good. And everybody is talking about the really over, like, almost disgustingly over the top nature of the third season because i guess they just they basically just steer into a lot of a lot of yeah really corruption well not only but like sexual violence stuff like that and like i'm like ooh, i don't know like yeah i don't know like there's a i've watched game of thrones i've watched a lot of that stuff like i'm not i'm not saying i'm a prude by any means Spicy but mayo. there gets to be a there gets to be like a limit of what and they try to do it in a comedic they almost it's try to obnoxious. do it they always try to do it in a comedic way yeah. but it almost like it's a cool st- like the whole concept of the boys is a cool story yes. about what if superheroes were like corporate jackasses yeah and what and like and then what do you how do? like nationalism is like nationalism in the church like those are real and nationalism in the church and mm-hmm. and like national identity nationalism and just in general like how that can be so toxic when corporatized yeah. around like a superhero like right. that's pretty a lot there's it's, it's fun. It, not only I that but not it. only that there's like some really relevant themes to today yeah and growing fascism oh shit but i i don't know man like i, I don't know if i can do the th- i don't know if i can do the third season have you watched it no oh, but okay. i've seen i've seen trailers uh huh and it's like, oof. Is it out? The third yeah, season? Yeah, Okay. Well, they're releasing it every Friday. So I think like mm. ep- they just released episode six. Yeah, to me, it's just obnoxious. Like, even if they're, if they're, if it's on the nose, right? And we know that they're doing it on purpose to like, mm-hmm. for comedic effect or shock and awe, right? Yeah. But then there's also like, too far. And, and again, it sounds so prudish when I say that, but... There is like it's like uh, this is just obnoxious now like it's not contributing to the story it's not you know you're just doing it to do it yeah it's there like they the most recent one is called Herogasm uh huh and it's the just episode? yeah and everybody's talking about how it's like like oh my god like it was so shocking and it just feels like that is that's what they want that that is that's their bit now is yeah. just to be shocking instead of telling a story that's low-hanging fruit dude. yeah and that's like and there were seasons where i think game of thrones got to that like when writing starts to fail and so you have to rely on i think shock, shock. yeah and comedians got like that like Carl, yes uh carlos mencia i feel like got that way i mean he was stealing everybody's jokes well not only that but yeah for <laughs> sure but he was hilarious at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. he just got to shock value. When he ran out of other people's material, mm-hmm. he turned to shock. Yeah, because his, write- his writing right. failed. And but- like, I like shocking humor when it's the shock of like, like I like, it's almost like diversion, right? Where you think they're going somewhere, and then they say something so offensive that mm-hmm. you're just like, oh my God, I did not think you were going there, right? That, that yeah. can be fun and playful because... Mm-hmm. It's the it's the journey that your mind is taking. They're leading you there on purpose, yeah. and then boom, and then you're like, oh shit, okay, you got. It. But when you can see a mile away where they're going, and then you, you know that shocking yeah. of just like shock to shock, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, the, um, so Bill Burr, um, 
was in town yeah. last week. Yeah. Did you did you hear what his because he I guess he went super offensive and to keep people from recording him so he didn't get canceled. Did yeah. you hear what his did you hear what his uh um like his plan to combat that is at no, his shows? No, but I heard he killed it. Well, I guess he well, I mean, if you like Bill Burr, like yeah. I'm sure like it was a great show uh-huh. and I've heard it was a good show from people who like Bill Burr. Yeah. Um he when you walked in they took your cell phones from you and they lock and like they lock them and you can't get them back until you leave. Where was it? It was at the um, Rose Garden. Oh shit. Yeah. So I have been to shows where they've done that, mm-hmm. but I didn't know it was on that scale. Yeah. I guess it took Matt said that he had a friend that went, it took them two and a half hours to get in and it took them two and a half hours to get their cell phones back. I believe it. I believe it. Good. Good. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I, I, I guess it'd be nice to know that going in. It I'm may, sure it may there be, were disclaimers that told you yeah, that. Nobody just read nobody them. reads, dude. Yeah, nobody, nobody reads. Yeah, nobody reads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody reads. Uh, I think I went to Nick Swartzen and they did that, but it was mm. like at the Arlene Center Hall or something like that. Oh, like so you've got like a couple thousand. Not, yeah, not twenty. Yeah, but I heard from a friend that is obsessed with comedy and takes me to comedy mm-hmm. shows all the time that Bill Burr worked that stadium like. Like we've seen comedians do like small like helium mm-hmm. venues. Like I guess he just crushed it. Yeah, he's 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 talented. Yeah, I've seen him. He's really into sports, so he's he oh, always yeah. shows up on sports sports shows. Oh yeah, like he's on Pat McAfee a couple times. Mm, he's okay. al- he's been on Colin Coward a few times. Um, he's got a lot of opinions, and he just keeps talking. Coward has cut literally like the two times I've heard him on Coward. <laughs> Coward is like, okay, we we gotta go, and yeah. just like cuts him off. I love it. But, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Good for him. Uh, I got my MRI results back. Oh, yeah. You messaged me those. I didn't realize until the other day that I was like, I just woke up and I was like, I'm going to look back over those. And so I looked back over them and my meniscus is torn on both sides. Wow. Inside and outside of my knee. And I didn't realize that when I read the initial <laughs> the initial report. I was like, wait, what? So that's no, dope. Like, nobody, no doctor. The doctor didn't go over those with you? Uh, and then I do have an appointment in like a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, they just gave me this full... They're looking at it. They're writing out the report mm-hmm. of what they see. And then I will go to the orthopedic specialist to talk about options and what that okay. looks like. So that's when we'll go over it. But I'm surprised someone didn't call you and be like, hey, this is what it means in actual English, not doctor speak. I mean... It's fucking Kaiser, dude. <laughs> Trash. It's garbage. So, I mean, thankfully, like, I, I've i done enough research into, like, knee injuries to mm-hmm. kind of understand what's going on. Yeah. When I when I first injured it, I was like, this is the meniscus. I know it's the meniscus. So, I did a bunch of reading on meniscus tears. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the ones that they're describing, I'm like, I know what that is because I did some research. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll be all right. What does what your research tell you on, like? time frame like so it depends wise. on what they want to do so i think that they could just go in there and suture it mm-hmm. that i can't imagine would be a long healing I and mean, they're going to do pt we'll yeah, do all that sure, building yeah. all that up mm-hmm. um but i i would imagine that like something like an acl reconstruction is far more intense i would imagine like yeah. they took my ligament for my hamstring mm-hmm. on my right leg and then screwed it into my bones in my knee and your body naturally turns it into a tendon a, a, a tendon no they took my hamstring tendon and then it, your body oh, turns it into a ligament that's crazy it's insane that's, and then on that report figure, how did they even figure that out i have no idea how does your body know to do that so Maybe. then in the report like the, they're like the acl reconstruction looks amazing which i was like yes that's because the trailblazers doctor did it uh, David Andrews? No. Oh. Their old one who went to Team USA and went to London with them and everything. Oh, the the guy from Rebound? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, so, did I ever tell you about that? I don't think so. Oh, dude. So, Jen was working at Rebound, and I had a doctor do the first, like, analysis of my of my ACL tear, and he's like, well, it's torn. I'm doing an impression right now. Nobody can see it, mm-hmm. but this is what it was like. It's torn. He wasn't even looking at me, dude. That's why I'm not looking at you. And I was like, this guy's a creep. Well, Jen was working at Rebound and was like, just heads up, like, I don't think we should go with him. Like, I've heard a lot of people, like, have extensive pain 
after his surgeries. And I'm like, well, fuck this then. Mm-hmm. Let's let's book with Dr. Roberts. And so we book uh, an appointment with Dr. Roberts, and I go in there, and he's checking it out, and he's wiggling my leg around. He's like, okay, well, yeah, it's torn. I don't know why you needed a second opinion. And I go, well, I didn't. I said, I was kind of hoping that you would do it. And he's like, do the surgery? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, who do you want to win, OKC or Miami? And I said, OKC. And he goes, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> and he did it. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. Um, so, I mean, it just felt good knowing who was doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Now I have no idea. And it's in Kaiser, and I'm terrified. Because yeah. they're a bunch of... Dude, they did... This is so weird that I'm telling this, but I know somebody, I won't specify who, uh, who went in for having their gallbladder removed and then came out and months later was having gallbladder pain, went in and was like, dude, will you scan me and tell me what the hell's wrong with me? They're like, yeah, you need your gallbladder removed. What did they remove? Nobody knows. So they they can't just be like, hey, something's missing? I don't know. And they're like, okay, we're going to do the surgery for free. And I'm like, you better sue the fuck out of them. Them admitting or saying that they're going to do it for free is admitting fault. And nobody looked at his chart and nobody looked at his chart and was like, hey, he has his gallbladder removed. They were just, just like, they oh, did. yeah. They're just like, wait, it's not removed. There's- oh, okay. I thought you were like, hey, you need your gallbladder removed. And he's like, um, yeah, you guys already did that. Yes, this is what happened. Oh, shit. And then they look and they're like, oh, it is in the history. Well, it's in there. Wow. Yeah, dude. It's terrifying. Dude, that's bad. <laughs> so that I, might be that might be like the worst medical story I've ever heard. Really? I mean, there's some bad ones out there, dude. Yeah, no, there's some bad ones out there. Um, like in terms of like some, I guess some anecdotal would, like yeah, it's within our circle. Mm-hmm. Like, I I'm pr- I don't know if you've met this person, but it would it would take. We can go meet him right now. Like sure. it's okay. that close. Wow. <laughs> yeah that's crazy it's scary it's scary Mm -hmm. and like my my fear is is that i don't want to stop playing basketball right i need to lose weight and i was already on that journey to make my body better and not not have all this weight be so hard on my body but if i'm going to continue to move forward in that way and then i have like a botch surgery and then Mm -hmm. it's like hey homeboy who did your surgery fucked it up and now you can't play anymore dude I don't know what I'll do. Bionic leg. I'll hang it up, dude. I'll cut my leg off and get one of those bouncy legs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's terrifying, dude, because, uh, like I said, I don't want to I don't want to stop. But speaking of health care. Mm-hmm. Are we are we we're going to two white two white guys this up, eh? I've done enough research. I feel confident in talking about this. OK, I've done a shit ton of research. OK. Well, let's uh, let's dive in. <laughs> so, look, dude, I asked my coworker, who's a woman, I said, hey, you want to come on the show tonight? And she's like, what? No, I can't. Why? And I go, because I think we're going to tackle Roe v. Wade. And I don't know. She's like, what, you just want to be your token woman? And I go, yes. Well, well, yes, but typically it's Taryn <laughs> and she can't come. <laughs> so, um, so I was like, so I was doing these mental exercises with her. Mm. to kind of ask her what she thought and what her opinions were okay. and but also to help me train sure. train my brain right because okay. we are just two white guys two dumb white guys um i think there's an, a, a particular approach that we can take here that makes it so we're not trying to be seem like experts for sure we've done a lot of disclaimers before starting <laughs> this <laughs> um what are your like do you have you don't have to start and i can totally if you don't like go ahead and take it but do you have like first initial thoughts on the reversal of roe v wade so i i had a long my cousin i that's what i did on saturday uh my cousin got engaged we had an engagement party for her out in beaverton Mm -hmm. anyway um my mom and my sister kylie and i had a really long conversation about it Mm -hmm. and the only thing that i was like that I can really talk about, I, I felt like I was qualified to talk about mm-hmm. in any sort of depth was the the legal aspect of it. That's where I'm going, baby. So <laughs> that I'm glad because yes. that's about all I think we really have. Yeah, we can really talk about yeah. like, um, obviously the the Nate like 
I can't even pretend to know what it would be like to be targeted by your government. Yeah. And that's basically what women are it's being. It's 100%. Um, even after doing all the legal research mm-hmm. I did today, I can't I can't validate or come up with any validation for this action. No. There's no re- I don't even think there's a religious argument to it. Oh, interesting. Um like a, a valid religious okay. argument other okay. than using other than using religion to control, yeah, um, okay, an attack, yeah, as a as a basically using religion as a weapon, yeah, for broader control. I mm-hmm. don't think there is actually a moralistic religious argument that can be okay that can be made. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, the court, the the whole court proceeding, the stuff like precedent, how much how trash those Supreme Court justices are, mm-hmm. how how much of a clown show the they've made the supreme court over this decision yeah um yeah so that's that's basically the only i mean the memes have have been fire though like i i saw one that said i've had um crunch wrap supremes that were better than the supreme court or like more i would agree that and i got it and i got it oh no it was a chalupa i got um you're still hating on taco bell huh i i ate taco bell yesterday on the way home oh did you on the way home from uh that was the only thing that was open and you risked it for the biscuit the only thing that was open in tukwila yeah my way home was it was a taco bell how was it i got a um (laughs) (laughs) sorry women you have to wait while i talk about taco bell (laughs) (laughs) i got that's why I'm doing it, dude. Um, Hold on. Everybody pause this Roe v. Wade shit. I need to hear about Taco Bell <laughs> and did Jake shit himself. Uh, I ate a um, I ate a, a, a chicken quesadilla and a crunchy taco. Oh, you went safe, dude. Very you safe. softball. They asked it. me if I wanted sour cream, and I was like, uh, no. <laughs> Definitely not sour cream from Taco Bell at wow, 12. Dude. It's fresh. Huh? It's fresh. No. That's when it's the not most at, fresh. Not at that time. <laughs> not at that in Tukwila. Nope. Oh, God. Okay, so, yes, legal, I think, is, like, the best approach that we can take. Because I think that when thinking about this whole thing, there's a lot of emotion behind this. Yes. I mean, I think that, like, regardless of the sides, right, of where you stand yeah. on Roe v. Wade, people are emotionally charged about this. For sure. But I think about the, I think they're charged most emotionally charged about the wrong thing. Oh, Okay. What I think this really boils down to, if you look at the cases that preceded Roe v. Wade Mm -hmm. and even followed, the arguments are all based on and surrounded by right to privacy. Yes. Yeah, that was like the crux of Casey. So, the fuck is everyone so emotional about? Because logically, that makes sense. You te- you want the government in your shit? You look. Wait, who's um? Like, I guess who's the emotion? Like, I mean, everybody's emotional. Everybody, okay, everybody, sure. Regardless of which side you're on, mm-hmm. I think the argument is stay the hell out. Yeah. And, oh, I see where you're going. And for the opposition who was celebrating this overturn. I don't think they're considering the ramifications of the ruling being based on right to privacy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're going to turn overturn precedent. Well, uh, every court case has a precedent, and they're basically saying right to privacy no longer exists. Yes. So, yeah, that that could definitely... That works for you now in the short run, so congratulations when the court inevitably does swing backwards because everything is a pendulum in this country. Um, so I, assuming we still have our yeah. institutions and um, free elections, the pendulum will swing. Um, but uh, yeah, that could definitely be used against you at some point in the future. Not that's not a threat. I hope that it doesn't. Yeah. I hope that you don't have to suffer the same consequences that you just um, that the thing that you support just uh, you was used to weaponize against an entire uh sex of people yeah million hundreds of millions of dollars i hundreds of millions of people i hope that i'm not i i don't wish that that feeling or that attack on anybody but that's that's what you wrought that's what 50 years of this yeah this push to end roe v wade you abandoned every other thing on the singular focus to overturn this without any sort of thought on the rem- the other ramifications yes. and the side effects, the downstream um, 
ramifications of of this yeah. of overturning a, a 50 year precedent that was not only reaffirmed once but multiple times mm-hmm. by the Supreme Court you put three unqualified justices on the Supreme Court to do this because that was you wanted a rubber stamp for this yeah they hadn't done it didn't qualifications did not matter so now you've got three lifetime appointed supreme court justices who are not qualified to be there who will be making decisions for the for the least the next 30 40 years on all matters yeah because you wanted a rubber stamp because you wanted this small amount of gratification that or you, control or control so um congratulations mm-hmm. um yeah, the, the Supreme Court, you you have whined that the Supreme Court has been politicized and the Supreme Court is a nothing more than a... Warned, legis- like threatened. Yeah, it talked about like we the other side is making the, the Supreme... is trying to legislate from the bench. Well, you guys just did the ultimate legislation from the bench. Yeah. So I have some cases here. Okay. Griswold v. Connecticut, 1965, it was decided. Okay. 19, so that was before Before, Roe. Okay. yeah. So in 1879, Connecticut passed a law that banned the use of any drug, medical device, or other instruments in furthering contra- contraception. A gynecologist at Yale School of Medicine, C. Lee Bruxton, opened a birth control clinic in New Haven in conjunction with Estelle Griswold, who was the head of Planned Parenthood in Connecticut. They were arrested and convicted of violating the law, and their convictions were affirmed by the higher state courts. Their plan was to use the clinic to challenge the constitutionality of the statute under the 14th Amendment before the Supreme Court. Hmm. So, right to privacy. Yeah. This is constantly what they're arguing. Mm -hmm. So, in this particular case, I think it was more specific to... In your home, in a married couple, mm-hmm. you can do what you need to, as you choose to, to prevent having children or, or postponing having children as you see fit. Sure. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Because it's your home. Mm-hmm. That was essentially the ruling. It was a 72 decision. Yeah, I missed those days where the Supreme Court was actually... Um, not a partisan body. A right to privacy can be inferred from several amendments in the Bill of Rights, and this right prevents states from making the use of contraception by married couples illegally. Illegal, sorry. Okay. So that was the ruling, right? Sure. So then we have... 7-2. 7-2. It's, I mean, now everything's 5-4. Yeah. In 1972, um, I think in this timeline, Roe v. Wade is... is in, in, it's argued in 1971 in December, and then it's re-argued in October 11th, 1972, and then decided December 1973. So you have Griswold before. Mm-hmm. Then I think in the timeline, Eisenstadt v. Bard happens to reaffirm this right to privacy. Okay. So, so then furthers the argument and... Um, it pushes forward. That's why you see Roe v. Wade being argued again. Okay. Because the first time they didn't have the precedent set by Eisenstadt v. Bard of the 14th Amendment being reaffirmed in this right to privacy within Mm. your home. Okay. So then once that's further established in this case, they go back and say, you just ruled on that. Additional to Griswold. Mm -hmm. How is this any different, I think, is where where we go. So Roe v. Wade hadn't been decided by the Supreme Court yet when Eisenbaud v. Bard was argued? Bard was argued um, in 1971, November 17th, 1971. And then Roe v. Wade's first argued was December 13th, 1971. And was there a Supreme Court ruling on that? On... Uh, in 1971 on Roe v. Wade? I don't know. Okay. But it just shows that it was re-argued in 1972. Oh, okay. So I think there's an overlap between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, just so we're aware. Sure. Um, the fact of William Bard gave away vaginal foam to a woman following his Boston University lecture on birth control and overpopulation. Massachusetts charged Bard with a felony to distribute contraceptives to unmarried men or women. Under the law, only married couples could obtain contraceptives only registered by only registered doctors or pharmacists could provide them. Bard was not authorized an authorized distributor of the contraceptives. This decision was six to one. 
in favor of the... In a 6-1 to one decision, the court struck down the Massachusetts law, but not on privacy grounds. The court held that the law's distinction between a single and married individual's failed to satisfy the rational basis test of the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. So not only are now are we looking at there's the elements of the right to privacy, but that's not what it's being ruled on. It's the distinction between and the, the charges were filed because they gave the contraception to single people. And at mm. the time prior, you could only do it to couples. Okay. Married couples. Married couples. Yeah. Okay. Uh, heterosexual couples. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, withholding that right to a single person's... Uh, da, 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 yeah, uh, married couples were entitled to contraception under the court's Griswold decision. Withholding that right to single persons without a rational basis proved the fatal flaw. Thus, the court did not have to rely on Griswold to invalidate the Massachusetts statute. Mm. Um, if the right to privacy means anything, wrote Justice William J. Brennan Jr. for the majority, it is the right to the uh, individual, married or single, to be free or unwarranted government intrusion into matters so fundamentally affecting a person as the decision whether to bear or beget a child. So now, the ruling on right to privacy mm. and it doesn't matter if you're a couple or an individual, your choice to regulate reproduction is up to you and your family and your home, and the government has no say or space in that realm. Okay. I think I'm understanding. Okay. Roe v. Wade. Yes. 1973. Decided, right? So in 1970, Jane Roe, a fictional name used in court documents to protect the plaintiff's identity, filed a lawsuit against Henry Wade, the district attorney of Dallas County, Texas, where she resided, challenging a Texas law making abortion illegal except by a doctor's orders to save a woman's life. In her lawsuit, Roe alleged the state laws were unconstitutionally vague and, uh, and abridged her right of personal privacy protected by the 1st, 4th, 5th, 9th, and 14th Amendment. The question mm, she, does... She argued on the 9th. What's, what's the 9th? Uh, it has to do with, like, federal government... Like, uh, it has to do with, like, federal government and, um, un uncon like, if the federal... like. Stuff that's not permitted to the federal government um, should be left up to the states, kind of a kind of thing. Okay. Uh, the enumeration of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage other retained others retained by people. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, basically, saying that the federal government um, there's inalienable, essentially there's inalienable rights that the federal government. Um, can't pass laws against oh the federal government doesn't own the rights that are not listed in the mm -hmm. constitution yeah instead they belong to the, the people. people yeah okay mm -hmm. gotcha that's interesting Ooh. so i'm pretty sure her lawyer was like fresh out of law school mm. which is i think is super interesting um so the question is does the constitution recognize a woman's right to terminate her pregnancy by abortion inherit in the due process clause of the 14th amendment is a fundamental quote right to privacy that protects a pregnant woman's choice whether to have an abortion. However, this right is balanced against the government's interest in protecting a woman's health and protecting the potential of human life. The Texas law challenged uh, the Texas law challenged in this case violated this right. Jer Justice Harry uh, Blackman delivered the opinion for the seven two majority of the court. First, the court considered whether the case was moot, concluding that it was not. When the subject of litigation is capable of repetition yet evading review, a case need not be dismissed as mute. Pregnancy is a classic justification for a conclusion of non-mootness. The Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment protects against the state action um, the right to privacy, and a woman's right to choose to have an abortion falls within the right to privacy. Mm -hmm. A state law that broadly prohibits abortion without respect to the stage of pregnancy or other interests violates that right. Although the state has legitimate interests in protecting the health of the pregnant woman and the potential, potentiality of human life, the relative weight of 
each of these interests varies over the course of pregnancy, and the law must account for this variability. In the first trimester of pregnancy, the state may not regulate abortion decision. Only the pregnant woman and her attending physician can make the decision. In the second trimester, the state may impose regulations on abortion that are reasonably relative and to maternal health. In the third trimester, once the fetus reaches to the point of viability, the state may regulate abortions or prohibit them entirely so long as the law contains exceptions for cases when abortion is necessary to save the life or health of the mother. If this is what's established mm -hmm. by this ruling, why are we here? Oh, we're here because the people who disagreed with it have been running a multi-decade long fight against this this yeah. has been it's not a legal it's not a legalist argument it's insane to me it's not a there's no legal background to challenge this law that's terrifying it's it's a religious belief yeah and and that is what carried mm -hmm. the carry the decision yeah. on five four and they can hide behind they can hide behind the 10th amendment like the conservative justices can hide behind the 10th amendment this shouldn't be decided like this should be a law um but that ruling has that outline for i know the I, I know and they in in using like those um, like using the the like those, that right to privacy that right to like all of that is codified in the constitution through the like through the amendments and the fact that yeah and then so they can keep making that argument that it should be up to the legislative body this shouldn't have been a decision made by the courts right it it, it doesn't that doesn't hold that doesn't hold no. water um so like the argument's bullshit it just comes down to um they didn't agree with it so they struck it down and that's like always the fear, right? The whims of the people instantly changing like that, like right? Yeah. Conservatism as a disposition, like let's not just rush to change these mm -hmm. things. There's due process, there's processes and procedures for all of this so that we don't have that happen. Mm -hmm. And the re and the and the foundation of precedent set by the Supreme Court completely ignored in this yeah. reversal. Yeah. Yeah, especially when the the justices that ruled against it all said that Roe is settled law. Mm -hmm. Gorsuch talking about star decisis and legal precedent being of the be the utmost job of the court to use as their deciding factor. Like everything starts with court precedent. Like right. as a conservative justice, and I I sat on this show when Gorsuch was. Um, I sat on the show when Gorsuch was nominated and I was like, I think this is a good pick because he's talking about precedent and how Roe is settled law and all these things. And I was like, and like, dude is a fucking liar. Yeah. Like it's not prosecutable because he's just going to say, well, I changed my mind. Like, and that's not pro like changing your mind isn't prosecutable. Yeah. You'd have to be able, you'd have to be able to prove that I, I see on Twitter, like all these justices need to be, um, they lied in front of Congress. They need to be impeached. I'm right. Like, okay. Well, go and try to like go and find proof, proof. that they knowingly lied. Yeah. And it's not going to be there. So yeah. because the, because their right to privacy <laughs> is upheld by the Constitution. Yeah. So you can't just go and you just can't go in and, and, and invade all of the privacy without just cause. Oh. And uh, so, like but that. but they wouldn't deny that to uh, millions of women. Yeah. So. So this right to privacy thing is just, you know, just being in that in the justice, working in the justice system a little bit for the little bit that I have. I've seen so many times of like professionals saying, I don't know the answer. Let me go look. Mm -hmm. I'll be right back. And then going right. If you do this, you find these cases that are, are founded on right to privacy. So it's established what you do to limit or or postpone pregnancy within your family mm -hmm. is your right to privacy do what you want do mm -hmm. what you need to and whether that's condoms morning after pill birth control and and abortions those are all ways to prevent pregnancies or to terminate mm -hmm. pregnancies mm -hmm. so everybody who's 2a 
if you're two A and gun toting American and you don't you want to make abortions illegal, that's a contradiction to me. If you don't want the government in your business with your guns, mm-hmm. but you're cool with them telling your wives and daughters and whatever sisters, whatever the fuck they can do. I it's just I am I'm floored. And then you're gonna get the arguments, and I've seen the arguments. Are there any arguments that you've seen that maybe you've kind of mulled over a little bit? Like that's an interesting argument, um, but I see holes in it. Well, initially Alito's argument of saying like, um, this need, like if you want abortion pr- protected, go pass, go pass a federal go pass a federal law okay. that protects abortion rights universally. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not the the role of the it's not the role of the. Um, court of the court to make that decision to supersede to take that to take the the right away from states to re, to regulate abortion within within their state okay it's not the it's not the court it wasn't the court's job it wasn't the right of the court back in 1973 to make that determination um so i initially bought that until you and i think that they are well, I, I I can't speak to their motivation, but I'm assuming that the the people who are on the affirmative of this side, the the pro overturning. like overturning side, yeah. are relying on people's ignorance around the ruling and arguments of Roe, right? And the re like in the recot like in the re the reaffirming of it through other like preceding court cases like that you laid yeah. out and cases that um were argued even uh, decades later mm-hmm. that reaffirmed roe v wade so and, and i don't think it's it i don't think it's specifically as much and this might be controversial or maybe push back on this um jake if you feel the desire to do so but not specifically it's not specifically about abortion as much as it is about the right to privacy mm-hmm. yeah that's what all the precedence mm-hmm. was about. Yeah. That's what this and we and as I laid out all of the other amendments that they were pushing back against. Mm-hmm. It's a it, so for the courts to say it's up to the states to decide. Well, when it comes to challenging the constitution and, or the constitutionality mm-hmm. of an action, yeah, that's your job. Yeah. And everyone before you, not everyone, right? There's a process. That we go through to get here. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. You yeah. don't just get to yeah. have be disgruntled and bring it to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. There are chains and avenues you go through. Yeah. And after all of that, mm-hmm. these precedents have been set about right to privacy. And on the whims of five people are just saying, nah. Yeah. Nah, we're good. Mm-hmm. So Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas wrote that these other rulings that I've went and looked into were demonstrably erroneous decisions. Demonstrably erroneous decisions. One was the Griswold Mm -hmm. versus Connecticut about contraception in a home between married couples. What is your counter argument there? You want the government's hands in bedrooms in relationships? Clearly. The other one was Roe v. Wade, Lawrence v. Texas, and Obergefell v. Hodges, right? Yes. Yeah. I th- I Do you think, know anything well, about those? No, but I, I, I think what um, I, I think what Clarence I think what Clarence Thomas, if he were sitting here, what he would what he would push back on is saying like I'm not saying that the government should be in anyone's bedroom. I'm just saying it's not the it's not the court's decision. Yes, thank you. to limit that. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The court's decision to limit that, but it's the state's. It's not the court's decision to make a determination on whether it can be limited or not. That is a specific role granted in the Constitution by the legislature, not the judicial branch. He's the whole basis behind this is saying that Roe v. Wade and everything around it okay. was judicial overreach, and that the judicial branch didn't have the power to make those rulings that should have been legislatively done. They're not making a moral. I think they. I mean. 
I don't. I don't buy this. No, no, I'm just I, making I, the yes, argument. Yes, absolutely. That, I want to hear this. That the cons- the conservative justice would would say that they're not making a moral a moralist argument of any kind. They're not saying they're not making a normative argument of any kind that it, this should be what should or shouldn't be. They're saying or what people should or shouldn't do. They're just saying it wasn't the court's decision to to make that ruling. That it if the American people want these laws, these protections, mm-hmm. it needs to be passed legislatively and signed into law by the executive. And any challenges thereof would then be taken to the Supreme Court. Not... <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, because these would be challenged. Yeah. Well, and then I which, think which about... Getting back to... I, I wanted to bring in a historical parallel. Yeah. The reason why... So, when Abraham Lincoln was reelected in in 1864 and was being sworn in in 1865 his main push was to get the 13th amendment passed which completely made slavery illegal right and the republicans in the house of representatives were like why would we do that <laughs> Why would why would we waste our time with an amendments process mm. when we can just pass a law? Okay. And he said that's not good enough. We need an amendment because we don't know what the court the courts can make any law going forward at any particular time undoing a law passed. Oh, like just a web of laws. Just uh, just laws. They can go back and rule against those laws. An amendment to the Constitution protects end slavery from that moment going forward for the rest of eternity. Creates a threshold that cannot be passed. Because it is Constitution. So no matter what a Supreme Court justice in the future could say, it is... It is enshrined in the Constitution mm. itself that slavery right. is illegal, and I don't. I, you could come down on both sides. You could come down against Clarence Thomas, or you could come down on the side of Clarence Thomas with that historical precedent. But I think it's a, right. it's interesting to note that even back in 1865, we were having the same conversation about judicial versus legislative mm-hmm. actions, right? Um, I just wanted to bring up these cases because this is this felt like the researcher in me, and mm-hmm. I was having a blast doing this. Um, but I wanted to bring up the other cases that he mentioned by name, um, just for context, but also because we hear them and we know, okay, that has to do with a like, gay marriage, right? Mm-hmm. But what 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 is the case? What what are the details of that? Yeah. Um, what does that look like? So. Uh, Lawrence v. Texas. This shit is insane. How? How? What are you doing? What are these policemen doing? Can someone please tell me? I mean, I think 2020 kind of really put on the national scale. What the hell are these police doing? But what what have they been doing? This is decided in January 26, 2003. Responding to a reported weapons disturbance in a private residence houston police entered john lawrence's apartment and saw him and another adult man tyron garner engaging in a private consensual sexual act lawrence and garner were arrested and convicted of deviant sexual intercourse in violation of a texas statute forbidding two persons of the same sex to engage in certain intimate sexual conduct In affirming, the State Court of Appeals held that the statute was not unconstitutional under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, with the Bowers v. Hardwick controlling. So the question is, do the criminal convictions of John Lawrence and Tyron Garner under Texas homosexual conduct law, which criminalizes sexual intimacy by same-sex couples, but not identical behavior by different same-sex couples, violate the 14th Amendment guarantee to equal protection of laws? Do their criminal convictions for adult consensual sexual intimacy in the home violate their vital interest in liberty and privacy protected by the due process clause of the 14th amendment okay so the ruling was 6-3 in 2003 um no 
Yes and yes. In a 6-3 to three opinion delivered by Justice Anthony M. Kennedy, the court held the tech that the Texas statute making it a crime for two persons of the same sex to engage in certain intimate sexual conduct violates the due process clause. After explaining what it deemed the doubtful and overstated premises of Bowers, the court reasoned that the case turned on whether Lawrence and Garner were free as adults to engage in private conduct in the exercise of their liberty under due process clause. Their right to liberty under the due process clause gives them the full right to engage in their conduct without intervention of the government, wrote Justice Kennedy. The Texas statute furthers no legitimate state interest in <laughs> which can justify its intrusion mm -hmm. into personal and private life of the individual, continued yeah. Kennedy. Accordingly, the court overruled Bowers, Justice Sandra Day, O'Connor filed an opinion concurring the judgment. Justices Clarence Thomas and Antonio Scaleri, Scalia, Scalia, sorry, and with whom Justice Chief Williams H. Rehnquist and Justice Thomas joined, filed their dissents. So it was five four, six three, six three. Scalia, Rehnquist, and Thomas. Okay. I mean. So, so looking at like whether it's the states to 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 codify these mm -hmm. laws, right, yeah. mm -hmm. or to to have the court do it, regardless of what the state, like you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, what regardless of the laws, they're going to be challenged and then presented in the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. So, by establishing precedent, the Supreme Court has something to call back to. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I completely, I completely agree. Like, I think they're, I think Clarence Thomas's argument is, is, is bullshit. Yeah, I was just trying to lay it out no, no, because I there's like that. there's there's major holes in it. Like, basically, what the Supreme Court has said is that unless there is specific wording saying you have this right, it's you interpretive. don't. It's interpretive, and therefore the Supreme Court can't make that interpretation. That's the fucking job of yeah. the Supreme Court is to interpret the laws that are passed. Yeah. You don't need more than what the... I mean, if if the Constitution is as beautiful of a document as it is, as you claim it to be, mm -hmm. you don't need more words than what's on it. Yeah. These things are self-evident. I don't under I don't understand... Uh, I don't understand. I just don't understand the ruling. It doesn't make sense to me. Is I'm it not a legal competence. If you can't rule on it with what you have after decades of studying law, it's not incompetence. It's emotional. It's, it's manipulative. It's uh, politicized. Yeah. It's their own personal beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Oof. That's what it is. All right. Well, that's our. <laughs> I don't know our um, our law lens, Bob yeah. blah blah. <laughs> I I just um, yeah don't I don't know I don't know how I don't know how we got I, honestly I don't know how we got here but um, I'm just I'm just saying like if the the Democrat like the Democrats the Democrats are 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 failing right now mm -hmm. because. While the other side, you can argue balls and strikes and saying the other side is engaging in all of this illegal activity. They're out there securing votes by paying off, like buying votes, by strong arming votes, while the Democrats are sitting around and relying on the national mood to save them. Yeah. Emotion. Yeah. They're like, oh, we, we hope that um, we hope that the people uh, are angry enough that they're going to come vote for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that is what you're relying on. Yeah. That's that's not a fucking plan. No. But but what put do you suggest? Put legislation on Okay. The f put legislation on the fucking dock on the docket. Mm -hmm. Have show some freaking balls yeah. and and make people vote on it. Okay. And if they get struck down and get struck down, but you bring it back and you say, "Hey, we you want Ooh, abortion yes. you want like abortion you want abortion protections here's the bill and here's who's hanging it up and these here's are the who's voting on it and how they're voting and i like that and then you vote for us 
come November, here's what we're going to do to make sure it, 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 it passes. Oh, interesting. And saying like, oh, you guys, they're doing all of this stuff. They're, they're keeping us from, um, from getting our, uh, they took our jabs. Well, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're keeping us from doing X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, yeah, they're the opposition. That's what they're, that's what they're yeah. trying. That's what they're meant to do. Yeah. You're, you're shocked by that. I think that's a great point, Jake. I think that's a great point. Put it out there, vote on it. Now we have names to numbers and we can say, here's who did, here's who didn't. It's Chuck Schumer, what are you doing? Nancy Pelosi, what are you doing? Put that put that bill on the on it right now. Yeah. They're busy. What are you what are you afraid what, what are you like what are you afraid for? What are you afraid of? If the na- if you're so if your belief is in the national mood and you think you're on the right hand side capitalize on that. Don't just sit that sit back on your hands and think, think like, oh, the, the people will save us. Because the other side with their shrinking minority is still somehow wielding more power yes. than you are. Yeah. So whether they're doing it illegally or not, that doesn't matter. What is what what is reality is is that what can be passed, yeah, and what ultimately will become law. I I I don't you you do something, yeah, do something. I I, I don't. I just I'm fucking I'm fucking pissed. I'm pissed at I'm pissed at the Democrats for their inaction because we can we can scream and cry about how corrupt and everything the Republicans are, but you know until something's actually done, yeah they're not going to change their like they're not going to change their ways because it's been successful for them yeah they don't so. care like like cj keeps saying like the, our suffering is to their benefit mm-hmm. they, if they do something i mean that takes doing something mm-hmm. it's easier to just be like yeah i know right we're so pissed too <laughs> 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 i can't believe they did that wait it's your job to do something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nobody's saying that, though. No, because um, politicians' net wealth usually tr- uh, more than triples by the time they leave office. Jesus. So um, those are cushy jobs. They're great if you can get them, and there's, yeah. they're, a limited amount of, they're a limited amount of jobs. So nobody really wants to do anything. To do anything. It's the Barney Stinson freaking motto. Yeah. All right, bye guys. Bye. Watch Ellen Perry, those committed and smother the rest in green. Crawl with me into tomorrow.